Welcome everybody, this is Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk, Season 3, Episode 4. This is the Charlie Jones Transfer Portal NIL episode. And I didn't plan on talking any basketball, but I do want to mention the announcement from this week. The Hawkeyes will be facing the Duke Blue Devils in the Jimmy V Classic at Madison Square Garden next season. And as a Hawkeye fan, very exciting to see Iowa play a team like Duke. Obviously, they're a, a top team year in and year out. Coach K is now retired. John Shire is taking over as head coach next season. And he's going to have a very talented team to work with. And how much fun is this for those Hawkeye players? They, A, get to play in Madison Square Garden. And think of all the history that comes with that. They're in the Big Apple. B, they're playing one of the premier teams in the nation in Duke. So I think they're excited. They have to be pumped to be able to go out there and see what they can do and hopefully show the world that they can hang with, with the Duke Blue Devils. And you know, I need to give some props to Fran for not shying away from these difficult non-conference games. You think about last season, it was a little bit softer scheduling. They had lost a couple of guys to the NBA in Joe Wieskamp, Luca Garza, and a little bit more uncertain around what that team would be. Nobody knew Keegan Murray was going to be a lottery pick you know, after what he did last season. So you know, the Hawkeyes did play Virginia on the road last year. Um, the prior year, though, North Carolina, obviously that ACC Big Ten challenge, but also the Hawkeyes faced Gonzaga in South Dakota. And don't forget, this upcoming season, the Hawkeyes will be in the Emerald Coast Classic in late November. That's in the panhandle of Florida. And the field there includes the top 20, top 15 TCU team, Clemson, as well as Cal. So just another thing to look forward to with this next basketball season. And Chris Murray just has to be pumped to be able to showcase his talent against a team like Duke. And I think it's a really good recruiting tool to just show kids, hey, you come to Iowa, you're going to play a really tough schedule in the Big Ten, but we're also not afraid to schedule top-tier teams outside of the conference as well. Let's switch over to some NIL collective talk now and then transition into the transfer portal. Tom Cakert at Hawkeye Report had a guest on recently. Sounds like he pretty much on his own, own is forming the Iowa NIL collectives. Check out this podcast for full details. It just aired this past week, HawkeyeReport.com. The guest wouldn't release his name just yet, and he is a former golfer at Iowa who lives in Florida. He's an actuary and has experience in starting businesses and selling them, and he's organizing two collectives for the Hawkeyes. One will be focused on charities, and this one he's calling the Swarm Collective. It will entail having Hawkeye players they want to participate, promoting charities, whether through appearances, commercials, social media, etc. And then they will raise money for the charities as well as raising visibility of those charities. And for those who participate, they will receive, it sounds like it's going to be a fixed amount per month. He was saying, you know, whether you're the starting quarterback or the third string tight end um, or, or whatever position, he said they're going to receive the same amount if they want to be part of the Swarm Collective. 
and he was hoping for more, but said at, at the beginning it may be about $1,000 per athlete per month initially. The second collective is just called The Swarm, and the purpose of this collective is just to help connect players with local and national businesses that may want an athlete to represent their products or services. He said an announcement will be made within the next couple of weeks. They're going to introduce the collectives as well as the director that was hired to manage these collectives. And this individual is a former Hawkeye athlete and an experienced fundraiser. So, again, for the details, listen to Tom Kakert's Hawkeye Report podcast. But that, that was really the first good source that I have heard around what the Hawkeyes are doing with NIL collectives, the approach that they're taking, how it's progressing. And it doesn't sound like the Hawkeyes are going to be offering money for players to come to Iowa to play like some teams are doing where, hey, you come here, you're going to get $100,000. You're going to get $300,000. Instead, they're going to just talk to recruits about here are collective opportunities that we have at Iowa. And then, you know, recruits can also talk to players and just learn from them how they're benefiting from NIL and, and being a Hawkeye football player, a basketball player. It's just a new world. Hard for me to keep up with all the changes. I like what the Hawkeyes are doing. And uh, I hope the NCAA, who completely dropped the ball when they agreed to NIL by just having absolutely no rules, no guardrails around this. It's just the Wild West out there. Hopefully, they'll, they'll come out with, with some rules just to kind of, you know, set some guidelines. And, and, and it's not just whoever's the highest bidder gets all the players. But Iowa's not going to be a team that gets into the Wild West. And they'll do it right, continue to root, recruit players that want to come to Iowa, develop, go to the NFL, NBA, WNBA. I mean, you're a Hawkeye you're a football player and you want to get to the NFL, there's going to be, you know, there's a lot of evidence of why you want to go to Iowa because they develop players and they put them in the NFL, and that's where you're going to make some big money. But they're going to make some money along the way using these collectives. Kids can form their own relationships without the collectives also. Yeah, if they, you know, somehow come up with a, a business that, that wants to work with them, they don't have to go through the collectives. If they can get in contact with a company that wants to pay them for advertising or for you know, social media posts, they can do so. And I didn't mention the collectives. These are for football and men's and women's basketball. Wrestling now is, is really on its own. They have the Hawkeye Wrestling Club that's been in existence for some time now. And they're managing the collective for wrestling. So... Stay tuned. We should know a lot more about this in a couple of weeks when the Swarm and the Swarm Collective are announced. Great job by Tom Kakert getting this on his podcast to help us better understand what the Hawkeye Boosters are doing with NIL. And I, I said something about it's great that the Hawkeyes are moving forward with this. It's not the Hawkeyes. It's Hawkeye Boosters that need to move forward with NIL and the collectives. So... The other change in sports that's causing all kinds of angst among fan bases is the transfer portal, and I've tried to stay out of it. Not really spent, you know, I've tried not to spend a whole lot of time on the portal, and the Hawkeyes have been very fortunate when it comes to players transferring. You know, Joe Toussaint in basketball this year transferred as well as Josh Ogundale. Then Josh came back in. You know, I just don't think he probably had a whole lot of interest. He's only... He was only playing a few minutes per game. 
not having a whole lot of great film to show off. But, you know, the Hawkeyes, when it comes to basketball, they have not gotten any players from the portal for next season. I don't see anything happening there for Fran and his team unless something really surprising happens. There's a good fit um, that happens to become available prior to next season. As far as football, the Hawkeyes have had very few players hit the transfer portal compared to other schools. And it was supposed to be a real benefit to these college kids, the transfer portal. But it is really out of control when you look at the numbers. You know, obviously it sounds good. The kids can enter this transfer portal. They don't have to sit out a year. They can go to another school and play right away. But a lot of those kids never find a home once they enter the transfer portal, unless you're just a really you know, quality player who has some really good film to show from your, your prior school. After the 2020 season, there were 587 undergrad transfers, 309 grad transfers. That ballooned to 950, so 950 from 587 undergrad transfers after the 2021 season. This is FBS football. 477 grad transfers after the 2021 season. That's up from 309. And and the stats, you know, after those two seasons showed that 54% of the kids entering the portal enrolled at a new school, so barely over half. And 41% didn't even find a school at all. 8% of scholarship transfers ended up walking on at another school. Deuce Hogan is an example of that, former Hawkeye quarterback. He couldn't get into the two deeps at Iowa. I mean, he was early in his career, but when he transferred to Kentucky, he had to walk on there. So... Really interesting when you look at the numbers here in the transfer portal, and some of these kids are just jumping in, thinking some other school is going to snag them right out of the portal, and it never happens. When you look at some of the teams and the number of transfers, and it is really startling. A lot of teams nationally hover around 20 as far as the number of players that transferred out of their team from the start of last season till now. And I mean that's not uncommon at all see 16, 17, 18, 20, 22 transfers from that team. And, you know, obviously those players don't have to sit for a year if it's their first transfer or if they're a grad transfer. So players can transfer twice without penalty if that second transfer is a grad transfer. So they can get to their next school, start playing right away, uh, you know, if you're a lucky one that gets an offer, I guess, while you're in the portal. But let's look at the Big Ten. And this this is a few weeks old, so I'm sure this has changed some since then. Maryland had the most transfers at 22, followed by Indiana at 19. Actually, I saw something recently saying Indiana's up to 25 now. I think Indiana may be number one in the Big Ten now with 25 transfers. But regardless... Michigan State, 18. Minnesota, 17. Every other team had between 14 and 8 transfers from last season. But the Hawkeyes were hovering at 5. I mean, the Hawkeyes were one of the best in the nation, I think second in the nation, and still are now with just 6 transfers with Charlie Jones leaving and recently announcing that he's going to Purdue. The Hawkeyes... Haven't been too aggressive in the portal, but they did get a tight end. Should be a solid contributor this year. Steven Stiliano, 6'5", 250, 260-pound tight end. 
a lot of good experience. They picked up some JUCO walk-ons as well. Um, and several other teams only have a few transfers uh, that they've, they've taken in from the portal. But Nebraska, 12. Uh, Michigan State, 10. Indiana, 13. Minnesota, 8. Wisconsin Rutgers have taken in six transfers. So some of these teams are being more aggressive with the portal than the Hawkeyes. And... You know, but you have to say, the Hawkeyes have not as many transferring out than these other teams have as well. So every team has had some really big losses when it comes to the portal. And it's, it's pretty crazy when you look at it. Illinois lost a tight end in Daniel Barker. He caught 64 passes for 827 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. Then he transferred to Michigan State. Indiana quarterback Michael Penix Jr., he went to Washington. Michigan offensive guard, Chuck, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, Belizea. He transferred to Minnesota within the conference again. So we're seeing quite a few players that transfer within the conference. Michigan running back Marquise Irving transferred to Oregon. He had three 100-yard rushing games as a freshman last year. So every team, I mean, I'm not going to list them all. Every team has these players. And the Hawkeyes now have a couple of guys who have contributed on the field that transferred, but both went to Purdue. Tyrone Tracy, of course, transferred right after the season. That wasn't a big surprise. He's from Indiana. He wasn't getting looks in the passing game. I don't know what happened, why he didn't get the ball last year. The offense obviously wasn't clicking. The quarterbacks really struggled. And freshman Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce seemed to be more involved in the offense than Tyrone, and he left to go play for the Boilers. Meanwhile, Hawkeye return man and wide receiver Charlie Jones came back for his COVID year, a sixth-year guy, and he announced how excited he was to come back to be a Hawkeye. But remember, Charlie, the six-foot, 190-pound receiver, punt and kick returner, Started at Buffalo before transferring to the Hawkeyes after his freshman year. Buffalo, he caught 18 passes for 395 yards, three touchdowns in 2018. This was before the portal. He had to sit out a year. And then Charlie became a return specialist for the Hawkeyes in 2020, returning 21 punts for 221 yards and a touchdown. And the Hawkeyes found this role for him. He wasn't a punt returner at Buffalo, uh, but he did return kicks there. And in 2021... He returned punts and kicks. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Also played wide receiver uh, quite a bit. He had 21 catches, 323 yards, three touchdowns. And Charlie's from Deerfield, Illinois, north of Chicago. It just seemed like a great fit at Iowa. But things took a turn when Charlie entered the transfer portal recently. And going forward, you know, I think we just need to not really be concerned or focused or worried about transfers. It happens at every university. You know, they don't have to sit out anymore. It's just a new world, and it's just going to happen. So overall, I don't like it. You know, It reminds me of when free agency got so big in pro sports and your favorite players were no longer on your team. You know, When I was a kid and, and you know, you'd have a favorite player on your baseball team or whatever, and all of a sudden they're gone and and you couldn't root for them anymore. So, hey, you know, there used to be players that would stay stay on a team for 10 years in major sports, and, and that's just not near as common anymore. 
they go looking for money or a better situation or both. And it's going to happen all the time when a kid can just transfer with no penalty. And there's pluses and minuses to the rule. Um, but it's just the new world that we're in. Overall, I think it's probably good for the kids. But I think some of them may be making decisions too quickly at times, too. But in this case, I'm not saying that about Charlie. I don't know anything about Charlie's situation. And in this case, I just really thought there were some strange things that happened. One, Tyrone Tracy was at the spring practice. And if he and Charlie were friends, you can't help but wonder if Tyrone was in Charlie's ear a little bit about transferring Purdue with him. Also, Charlie's friends with Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell, also an Illinois kid. And, you know, if, if the quarterback at Purdue is his friend, they're probably talking as well. But the big thing, the one I guess that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way was Purdue's top returning wide receiver, Milton Wright, was ruled academically ineligible for the 2022 football season. And right after that was announced, Charlie was in the portal, which you just can't help but think that one just seems a little bit fishy. Should I care? Probably not. I mean, shouldn't we just let every kid do whatever they feel like? And if he wasn't feeling it at Iowa anymore and thought he had a better opportunity at Purdue, should he just be able to go for it and, and do it? I don't know. It's so much change. We're not used to this. You know, in the past, if you were a Hawkeye, you were typically a Hawkeye through and through. You loved it there. You didn't want to leave. But Charlie obviously thought he had a better fit elsewhere. And and it's going to be really interesting to watch next season. You know, he's probably, he and Tyrone are going to be their top two wide receivers. And so you kind of can't blame the guy for wanting to go there. He was behind Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, um, Nico Reganey. So he wasn't probably going to get as many passes, and maybe he'll get a lot more opportunities to be a receiver at Purdue. And, and so maybe it'll all be worthwhile for Charlie in the end. But the timing on the announcement had me confused. Charlie entered the portal after the May 1 deadline. So I wondered, you know, why would he do this? Other than they seem to give exceptions to anyone. Uh, maybe there was just a paperwork thing and they didn't get, it didn't get announced in the portal in time, but he had let Iowa know or who knows what, what how that situation works. But at first I was just so confused. Late May, mid-May, you got a kid entering the transfer portal, and May 1st was the deadline. So that just didn't seem seem right. But the NCAA just grants every exception now, it seems like. And that's really sad when you think of the exception that they did not give to Drew Ott for a medical red shirt, where he just had to end his career after being so injured his senior year. That was just a travesty. And now anything goes. Some final thoughts on Charlie, and then I probably don't need to talk about him until the Hawkeyes are going to be facing Purdue next season, but the Hawkeyes will miss him on punt return. You know, the good news is Iowa has a great special teams coach, LeVar Woods, and they may not miss him too much with a guy like Cooper DeGene is a possibility for taking over the punt return duties, and who knows if it'll be Cooper. There are several other candidates that could do it as well. Will they have a return guy that, that has the reckless abandon that Charlie did? That remains to be seen. We haven't seen a player like him in some time, but maybe, who knows, maybe the next Tim Dwight is waiting in the wings. 
he's a he's a once in a lifetime player, so probably not. But uh, if somebody could be close to Timmy Dwight, we'll take it. The Hawkeyes have some guys that could step in and do a good job. And as far as kick return, I'm not really worried there at all. I think they can put a running back or two back there, or Cooper to Gene, and you know have even a, a better athlete returning kicks. And it seems like a pretty big loss to the wide receiver unit. You want a solid five-man rotation. But at least the top three stay intact with Keegan Johnson, Bruce, Reganey. But Charlie Jones was a solid number four receiver. And who's going to be able to step up? I'm hoping. I keep hoping. He's, he's been injured too much. But how about Deontay Vines? Can he step up this season? Can he be healthy? Hawkeye baseball pitcher Brody Brecht, you know, he's going to try to get some snaps. He's a big guy, and and he's had some time in the program now. We've heard a lot of good things about him, a tall receiver. And then what about Jackson Ritter? He played some last year. Incoming freshman Jacob Bostic, he's 6'3". He was listed at 175 pounds. Hopefully he's putting some weight on, you know, because they may need him to step up in his true freshman season. But maybe he could even have a role like Matt Vandenberg had his first season where he made the field, made some catches as an undersized wideout. It's next man in. And I really think, you know, I really liked Charlie as a returner. But I think LeVar Woods is going to find another guy to step in. And I think Cooper DeGene could be the one. We've all seen his highlights from high school um, and some of the things he did last year as well really talented kid. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, the receiver group is thin, but there are walk-ons like Caden Wetgen from Iowa Western Community College. He has plenty of experience returning punts and kicks. He flashed in the spring practice with some nice catches. He just picked up another Juco player, Jordan Cum, who returned punts at Iowa Central Community College. There's Jack Johnson, Alec Wick, and others. So, you know, who knows? One of those guys could be the next Nick Easley, the Newton, Iowa kid, who was a JUCO walk-on, ended up with over 100 receptions and over 1,000 yards in his two years as a Hawkeye and nine touchdowns as well. He was just a clutch player, just stepped on the field uh, and excelled in the Big Ten. So you never know. We'll see what the Hawkeyes have next season. Again, we aren't used to this as Hawkeyes. We have guys transfer, but typically they're guys we don't really know. You know, they don't see the field. They haven't seen the field. You figure they're just transferring due to playing time. Um, this is a little bit different because you wouldn't really, you know, we all thought Charlie was going to be back. He announced he was going to be back. Um, could be just he wanted to play with friends. Maybe he got a nice NIL deal. That's not out of the question now. Maybe he just needed a change of scenery for some reason. You know, maybe it's it's playing time at wide receiver and going to an offense that passes a lot more than the Hawkeyes do. So my conclusion is this. Charlie, thanks for what you did as a Hawkeye. He had some really nice touchdowns receiving and in the return game, some fun plays, so thanks for that. Transferring within conference before the senior year, uh, it's a bit of a, a punch in the gut. It's rare. I, you know, you know I, I don't cheer for Purdue ever, but this year for sure I'm not going to be recruiting cheering for Purdue at any time. And I do hope Charlie and Tyrone have nice seasons at Purdue this year. As long as the Hawkeyes beat them, 
and the Hawkeyes have struggled against Purdue of late, but it's just crazy having two offensive players go to a team in the conference, and they know so much about the Iowa offense, defense, and special teams. Charlie Jones was here through spring practice, so he was able to see all of the changes that Brian Ferentz is supposedly installing in this offense. Um, and now he can communicate all of that information to Purdue's coaches, not that Purdue needed any more help knowing how to beat Iowa. So really interesting there. The games I've circled this year are Michigan at Kinnick. I guess I'm a guy that wants revenge after the Big Ten championship game. And then Purdue at Ross-Aid Stadium. I just... I just can't fathom losing that game now, and uh, it's tough. I can't have Iowa losing to Nebraska or Wisconsin. Those are home games, and and the Hawkeyes are going to have to bring those home, and they need to bring the pig home from Minnesota too. So, and you don't want Fleck getting his first win over Kirk Ferentz. So, good news next year. I think Iowa State is an easy win. They're going to be pretty bad after. They lost over 20 in the transfer portal, and, and so many key players that graduated at Iowa State. Bottom line, the Hawkeyes need to beat Purdue. I think Iowa's defense is going to be better than it's been in quite some time. You know, They were good last year. They were really good last year. I think they're going to be even better this coming season with that defensive line really growing. So the Hawkeyes have a chance. They need to be locked down on Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones when they play Purdue. What a storyline it will be coming into the season, going into that game. I mean, there's going to be so much hype about that game with with those two wide receivers playing at Purdue. So now we have another game to really look forward to. I know we all cringe with what Purdue has done against Iowa recently, but I really think that this D is going to be ready to go against those players who flip teams and I also think that the Hawkeyes offense is going to be quite a bit better this coming season with a much better offensive line just how much can one of the quarterbacks improve to make it a really special season well it's NIL transfer portal collectives dates don't mean anything to the NCAA they just grant exceptions now it is a whole new set of rules are there any rules? I think it's no rules now. Hopefully the NCAA will put some guardrails around this eventually. And, I, you know, I think it's going to work out okay if they can stop these collectives from just buying players like Alabama, Texas A&M do. And a lot of other schools, I just listed those two, but they've been in the news recently. But, you know, those schools have been doing it for a long time now. They just don't need to hide it. And, and, and they can do it without fear of getting in any trouble now. It's just it's pretty crazy. That's all I have for today. I just wanted to talk about the Charlie situation. You know, I'm, I'm not going to speak about him much again until we get to that Purdue game. You know, hopefully at that point he'll have one catch for minus two yards against the Hawkeyes. No returns of any impact, but we shall see. It's going to be an interesting storyline. So until next time, go Hawks. And this coming season, beat the Boilers. Thank you.